Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dice Camera Action. Woo! A D&D game with me, Chris Perkins, as your Dungeon Master. And today we are short one regular cast member as Anna Prosser Robinson is gearing up for our big, big, giant, huge TwitchCon extravaganza, which will include a live D&D game featuring all of us and our guest today, Vivid Vivka. It's me! Yeah, thank you for joining us. And I, I apologize in advance. All right. So, first, a quick recap. Uh, the, our heroes, the Waffle Crew, arrived in Waterdeep some months ago aboard a ship called the Brazen Pegasus, which it turned out was owned by a Waterdavian noblewoman named Esvale Rajnar. Um, before the ship made port, it lost its captain. <laughs> uh, its captain, Ortime, was lost at sea in an incident involving the Waffle Crew, and Diath promised the first mate, Greg Rudell, that he would speak to Lady Rajnar on his behalf about the incident. Uh, shortly after arriving in Waterdeep, Diath also found himself at odds with the dwarf clans of the north, who held him to accounts for an incident that occurred many, many months earlier in the high mountains uh, of uh, the Silver Marches when Diath obtained an iron flask that had been possessed by Drow and released a fire primordial, a fire titan, that had been bound inside it. This titan laid waste to a fire giant stronghold and killed or severely burned a number of dwarven slaves. So Diath has been trotting around the city ever since, ensuring to the well-being of his friends, uh, their establishment of their new abode in the North Ward, and attending to other matters. One of the things uh, that Diath wanted to do was basically put a cork in this Lady Rajnar business. <laughs> Choice words. <laughs> <laughs> so Diath, on, yeah. on a sunny day uh, some weeks ago, um, in the early spring, you show up at the Rajnar estate. Now, you did some research prior to arriving here and learned a, little, a couple things about House Rajnar. One, uh, they were once banished from Waterdeep for smuggling, slavery, and other crimes. It's a Tetherian house, which has since returned and is trying to, as far as the rumor mongers attest, 
overcome its dark past and its disgraceful reputation uh, by focusing on legitimate business ventures such as gem making, wine making, and sea trading. Um, the Rajnar Villa you've discovered is situated on Thunderstaff Way between Copper Street and Shield Street in the Sea Ward, west of the High Road. So it's in one of the pretty much the most expensive real estate place you can imagine in the entire city. It's high ground in the city. It's uh, mostly well-tended, um, well-policed, um, and, yeah. and clean. However, Just Very out of Dieth's element. Exactly. Um, however, you are somewhat surprised, or maybe not, uh, when you come to the estate and you realize that unlike the very well-tended, well-maintained edifices around it, this one kind of has a neglected countenance, a somewhat sagging demeanor. Um, you can see some of the slate tiles of the roofs have uh, broken off and fallen away and not been replaced. The building walls, which are just absolutely overgrown with ivy, you see that most of the ivy is dying or possibly just struggling to survive or maybe coming back to life, but it's all sort of gray and dead for the most part, except for a few sparse leaves here and there. Tag yourself, I'm the ivy. (laughs) And the the windows are sort of... um, old and most of them covered up with dark drapes and as you advance up the steps to the front doors you see that the paint around the doors is weathered and chipped and even the the stone pediment above the doorway seems somewhat ill aligned like it like much of the structure is kind of sagging and listless and weary of standing there is a pull rope next to the door, probably connected to some sort of bell mechanism that looks like it was recently replaced. Oh. Good. I didn't want to knock anyway. Uh, yeah, it has like a sort of doorbell mm-hmm. kind of thing. Just, yeah, big pull uh, cord for the doorbell. Yeah, DS will kind of like put a hand upon it and then just take a moment and just be like... And then... Ring it. Okay. Uh, You are greeted fairly quickly by an old, decrepit, tall man, probably about 6'1", 6'2", very thin, bony thin, uh, a reedy, long-faced servant uh, who uh, takes your name and asks your business. Uh, My name is Dieth Woodrow. I'm here to speak to Lady Rajnar on behalf of Captain Ordame. He tells you in a soft voice that uh, Lady Rajnar and her kin are out and about and not present at the moment. Oh, Tar, guess I'll try back later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, bounds down the stairs, uh, leaving the old man momentarily vexed, but he just sort of, his eyes roll back into his head and he just closes the door and disappears into the sepulchral darkness of the hall beyond. You know she'll be back? Uh, he, he nods uh, with the negative that he doesn't. And you get, the, you get a sense that he has done this job far longer than he should have and has lost all will to live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And as you sort of glimpsed over his shoulder into the dark hall beyond, the only thing that sort of struck you was a musty smell that smelled uh, hints of perfume and mildew mixed together with just age and decrepitude, as well as what looked like kind of a a decorator's travesty, a fashion nightmare, Um, uh, the decor inside... uh, sort of outlandishly outdated and um, overwrought. Are we still tagging ourselves? Because... (laughs) (laughs) But as you hasten away, make a perception check. All right. Uh, So Dieth doesn't, like, immediately run, run away, but after, like, he closes the door, Dieth just kind of, like, sits down at the bottom step and just kind of, like, puts his head into his hands for a moment, just be like, oh, boy. Uh, perception 22. You get the uncanny feeling that in this moment you are being watched and watched by something unnatural. <laughs> as, you, uh, as you crane your head to look around, you get the feeling that the house itself is glaring down upon you. I'm going to look back at the house. When you do, you see uh, on the third floor, the windows, uh, which are sort of made of leaded glass with dark frames, have iron wrought sort of fencing around their lower half with little spikes uh, sticking up. And that fencing is all sort of rusted and uh, and, um, old. And the, the brickwork around the window is crumbling. But you see that the curtains of that window are now parted, where before you were pretty sure they were drawn. And standing in the window, glaring down at you, is a woman in black with a veil over her face. She looks like a black specter or wraith at first glance, until you see underneath that veil is a pale visage. Cool. All right, well, I guess it's not too early for this, then. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, uh, After kind of looking back over his shoulder and seeing that, Dieth will rise to his feet and turn towards the window and just look back up towards it, trying to make eye contact or whatever. Because of the veil, you can't really gauge the woman's age, and as you kind of stand and turn toward her, she just kind of recedes into the darkness of the room. Uh, Pouring a little bit more. Is that an invitation? Should I want to somehow ascend to that third story window? Uh, what structures and or natural things nearby would uh, help me do so? There are trellises, eaves, and just sort of uh, stone-carved protrusions aplenty up the walls, aided by the iron grillwork that's bolted to the walls that would facilitate an easy climb. Okay. The window itself doesn't look like much of a conundrum for a thief of your expertise. I mean, I don't call myself that. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'll, 
It's, it's, what time is it? It is like midday, bright sun um, glaring down at you. Uh, the, shadow, the shadow of the house is falling um, away from you at this hour, so the, the facade of the building is fairly well lit. Okay. Well, that's the problem. It's only third story. I could do this quick. Uh, I'm just going to climb my way up there using my second story work ability yep. so that I can do it quite very expeditiously. Yes, you uh, pull it off without like, a check. Yeah, I just want to get to the window itself uh, just so I can call into it. Okay. Uh, and just be like, Lady Rajnar? Uh, yes, you can look through the window and see what appears to be a conservatory beyond. And the woman in question is standing near a hearth and a chair parked in front of it, um, caressing the chair lovingly with her back to you, but you, she can hear you through the window, and she does sort of turn a little ways in your direction, but does not lift her veil and does not engage you anymore. And for the record, I actually don't know what Lady Rajnar looks like, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is clear that she is wearing a mourner's veil and a black, yeah. ga- black funeral gown. Yeah. Um, I'll call out again. Lady Rajnar, if that's you, I only wish to speak. She beckons you to enter. Silently. Cool. Uh, 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 good. Um, before I do that, I immediately look down to see if, should I need to make a quick escape, what's the best way to do that, and just immediately have that uh, escape plan. Okay. You log that in your memory. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, and then I go through the window. Okay. Uh, the window is unlocked, unlatched, and when you step through into the room, you're greeted by sort of the same musty smell that you sensed downstairs. All of the other windows are covered up. There's like three or four along one wall. A large hearth, as I mentioned, that is not lit. Um, It's not... uh, And as you stand in the room, you can see that there are some drapes covering strange objects about the room, inhuman in form, monstrous in scale in a few cases. Your best guess at glance is that they might be instruments. And like uh, yes, and okay. as she caresses the chair, she says, "This was his favorite chair." Uh, uh, I stand, I uh, stay like directly next to the window. Like I don't enter or approach her at all. Like I'm staying right here to speak. He says. She says. She turns to you and says, "Are you a friend of my daughter's?" A suitor, come seeking my permission. Oh, oh, no! That's this isn't. I'm I'm sorry. This uh, there seems to be a mistake. You hear above you, through the ceiling, a, a sound 
that is unnatural in a place such as this and also in the tomb-like silence catches you by surprise because it's loud and it's a rustling noise like hundreds or maybe thousands of wings in the ceiling. <laughs> okay. I'm... And she says, she looks up and hears the sound and she says, they've taken over. What? Huh? The bats. They've taken over. <laughs> uh, I don't. I. Uh, I I'm, I'm sorry. I was. I was just here to speak to Espel. Uh, I. There, there. There seems to be some confusion. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt. I can go. She says. I can't sleep with all of that racket. If my husband was alive, he would take care of it, but he's dead. Oh, that's horrible. Who was your husband? The lord of this estate. Oh, what happened to him? He passed away. Can I can't sleep? I have not slept in days because of the bats in the roof. I'm I mean Based on what little I know on your estate, I'm pretty sure you can probably uh, pay someone to exterminate them or maybe open a window up there. Uh, she looks up at a corner of the room and you can see that there's a hatch in the ceiling, like an attic access point. You, you, you surmise there's probably several of them on this level in various rooms and places. And she says... used to be quiet. Right, and now no matter what, you just always hear something. I know what you mean. They came with a strange smell. Can you smell it? Can I smell it? (laughs) Make a perception check. You're smelling mustiness. You're smelling maybe a hint of perfume on the lady by the chair. You're yeah. S- you're smelling ashes in the fireplace. But my perception is pretty good, so uncanny sniff, uh, 24. You do smell something earthy that doesn't seem to have a place here. Maybe even, like, bat dung on top of okay. that. Right. She says... Uh, They came here uninvited. I don't know how they got in. I wish to be rid of them. I, 
Are you asking for assistance from me? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are far more qualified. She says, can you help me? Uh, I mean, well, I... Uh, Diaz what? takes a moment to kind of think to himself, like, how did I get here? <laughs> if my husband were alive, I would ask him. And she looks at the empty chair. Um, I'll take a few steps towards the hatch. Okay. That seems like the... Um, Bat sound yeah. coming. From. You hear the hear the faint rustling of the bat noises up ahead. Yeah, and as I you. as I'm walking that way, um, Dieth will ask, "What was your husband's name?" Valen. Valen, right. And what's your name? Valencia. That's fine. This is fine. Okay. Well, I mean, they're just bats, right? So is so in that room, is there like a window that they can just be let out or? I don't know. I've never been up there. Huh. So who knows what's up there? Like... She looks at the empty chair. <laughs> I think she's asking you to be the new daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> when you asked who does, you, you honestly just walked into that. <laughs> you can see now you've talked to her long enough to tell that she's probably a woman in her 50s or 60s, um, uh, but has... Not ancient or decrepit in any way. Uh, it looks like she's preserved herself fairly well, or nature has. Or perhaps some some noble embalming solution has. You're not sure. Yeah. The restorative properties of guano. Exactly, yes. Precisely. Um, I'm just... I'll, you I'll do it. You do at this point. Also, notice that there is a little bit of guano on the floor here of the conservatory, where it must have slipped through the cracks in the the door and the ceiling, the hatch. Oh God! All right. Well, I'm about to walk into some shit. <clears throat> so there's uh, no easy way to get up there without a ladder, but you could pull something like a covered harpsichord over and basically leap up on that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find like a piece of furniture to mm-hmm. like. Uh, Pull over. Uh, when you step on you, when you step on something, you hear this sort of bling sound as you put your me, foot on some cords. Before I do that, uh, uh, I like to look at her and be like, "Oh, may I?" Please. All right. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it over and like use that to like, elevate myself up to get closer to the hatch, and I'll just be like, "All right, I'm just gonna take a peek to see if it's something that maybe I can handle my own, and if it isn't." Uh, I can get some assistance or contact the proper professionals for you. All right. Uh, when you hop up and you push the hatch open, there is some pressure on the other side, but then you realize because the other side of the hatch is just covered with bat shit. Yeah, so it's just the weight of it yeah, all. Yeah, the weight of it all. And so when you yeah. push the hatch away and it flops over, you hear it all kind of slough off 
onto the wooden attic floor. And you see up here is a spacious, vast chamber with light coming in through windows at the various ends, uh, occasionally crossing uh, the light passing over rafters that are caked in dust. And you can also see that there are actual holes in the roof through which sunlight is streaming, sending these rays down at various points and revealing clouds upon clouds of swarming bats. Okay. So are these holes in the ceiling large enough to let the bats out? Or Yes. The win- and the, wind- the, the windows are closed and sort of caked in grime, but the holes are definitely big enough for the bats to come and go. Hmm. Okay. Make a perception check. Uh, okay. <clears throat> oh, nailed it. 30. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you see as you gaze around that most of the attic is been, was cleared out a long time ago. There's almost nothing up here, but sort of half-caked in guano, really just sort of the suggestion of its shape is what appears to be an old set of manacles uh, that have obviously rusted and corroded and are bolted to the floor at a sort of anchor point in the middle of the room so that anybody who was chained to the manacles could not reach a wall, a rafter, or a ceiling. And uh-huh. about 15 feet beyond that in what you can, or about, no, about 30 feet beyond that in what you consider to be the middle of the attic, there is something rising up out of the batshit. And you're pretty sure it is a coffin lying flat on the floor. And it does not appear to have a lid. <laughs> Okay. okay. Cool. Neat. Um, There's no, literally no way to get to it without like stepping through the bat shit. It's like a carpet of grayish white residue. Uh, I'll descend out of the, the hatch okay. for a moment. Breathe some fresher air. Okay. The woman uh, is gone. Okay. Okay. Nothing about what? the nothing about the room has changed other than she's just gone. Okay. Is there any other door or exit to this room? To the conservatory? Is yes. There? there is there okay. is a set of double doors that are closed um, that lead out, you assume, to the heart of the third floor, probably a hallway you imagine. Um, there's also side doors, single doors to on either end of the conservatory, and then there are four big windows. Um, all three of which are covered by drapes. The other one is as open as it was left when you entered. All right. Um, I'm going to try to go towards the conservatory and just to see if there's still other people existing in this house. Oh, okay. Uh, when you go to the door and you sort of put your ear up, you can hear sounds in the house beyond suggesting there are people here. Okay. Uh, and I don't, I don't have any sort of suggestion or evidence that... When you peer these... out, you can look into a sort of a hideously decorated hall with many doors leading off of it, and you can see that there is a maid uh, basically um, taking a chamber pot downstairs. Um, She's young. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open the door a little bit so I can call out towards the chambermaid. Mm-hmm. 
uh, not let her see me. Right. Uh, I'll even disguise my voice a little bit. Okay. And just be like, excuse, excuse me. Did uh, did you see where uh, Madame Valencia went? Uh, she drops the chamber pot and runs screaming down the stairs for calling the other servants. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, good. She, you, she's obviously absolutely terrified at what she just heard. Yeah. Diaz shuts the doors like, I wasn't that bad, was I? <laughs> you turn around expecting somebody to be there? Like, nobody's there to hear you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's fine. Huh. Um, this is bizarre. I gotta go. Uh, I would like to return to uh, the rest of my crew post-haste. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're heading out through the window, I take it? Yeah, you're, I'll, you're, I'll probably... I'll probably uh, uh, Go back down through that window that I came in through the okay. first place, uh, just to, or mm, no, mm, mm. take that back. I'm actually going to wait a few moments to try to observe and listen for where that chamber maiden went. Okay, yes, you, you heard, yeah, you heard her go downstairs, and she's talking to, uh, she's she's talking to what might be a butler or a valet, saying that she heard what she thinks is a ghost in the conservatory, possibly of Master Rajnar. The late Master Rajnar. Master Rajnar. Yeah. And then... Um, and New the, daddy. Yeah. It's around that time, Diath, as you're listening, that you realize that the bats have stopped uh-huh. flapping. You don't hear them anymore. Oh, good. What? I'm going to poke my head back up there, just make sure that there are still bats and I'm not going insane. Uh, yeah, when you go up there, you can see that the bats are still in the attic, but they have all quietly roosted on rafters and on the rooftop. They're just like little Aww. little black hanging sacks of, mm. of soft, supple, leathery flesh. Their wings wrap tightly around their body. That's adorable. Okay, so they're all asleep. I am going to stealthily ascend into the attic. Mm-hmm. And stealthily make my way towards that open coffin. <laughs> stealthily. <laughs> when you make your way to the open coffin and you look inside it, you see that it is empty, except for a thin crust of earth upon which rests the shredded, stuffingless skin of a straw doll. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the what of a straw doll? The outer, <laughs> the outer skin of a straw doll that is missing all of its stuffing and innards. It's just a flat straw just, doll skin. It's just the skin, though. Okay. Cool. I'm glad. BRB. <laughs> I didn't realize that my house was the conjuring. <laughs> uh, I, I just, uh, I like freeze at that site. Uh, and it's just like immediate dread. Uh, f- like, is that a flight or fight and getting freeze? And then I'll very, very carefully kind of just reach in to 
grab the remnants of the straw doll, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to get out. Okay. And you do. Okay, good. Close up the poop hole behind me. <laughs> what I miss? Are we dead? Cool. So, DF, you have been keeping this secret to yourself now for weeks. <laughs> wow, that's what you're calling out for sure. <laughs> you're sitting in the Waffle House... Remembering, remembering this incident, playing it over in your mind over and over and over again, the finding of the doll skin. Oh, it's almost like he knows you too well. Uh, Chris, hmm. I object. This seems really out of character. <laughs> For weeks, Paulton's just like, I can't metagame too much, but I know you know something. <laughs> I know you fucking know something. All right. Okay. Uh, so you've been you've been sort of uh, sitting on this with the, you know, obviously th this the discovery would cause widespread terror. Mm -hmm. um, you've obviously been uh, making sure that the Waffle House is secure, um, and everybody, everything you know, people are your friends are able to get things get their shit together without dumping some horrible horrible truth upon them. Where where would you like to keep the the skin of the of the Strad doll? <laughs> um, somewhere in my own private chamber. Okay. Um, I have my own personal lockbox that's locked. That's but, right. But does not have a key. But I don't think I would taint those mementos with the skin of a Strad doll. Okay. So I would likely keep it. Um, Certainly, during the reconstruction of the Waffle House, you could have had another like secret chamber made within the walls or floor or ceiling of your room, if you so wish. I don't think I'd make an extra one like okay. that. Okay. Um, I'd probably put it like I would wherever my bed is. I would actually probably pin it between the wall and the bed. Okay. All right. And there it has remained. So I'll just sleep with it in my room. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, like, Paulton, like, will walk by his room and just, like, when he's in there and just violently knock, like, Damn! <laughs> Come out here. Come out here now. Okay. Uh, everything's fine. Hold on. Uh... Yep, Death was quickly scrambled and opened the door like, what? It looked glares at him and he's just like, you know this house is now built on honesty after we <laughs> had that therapy session, right? Yes. Right? That's the door. Right? Ah, ah, hold it. Right? Let me get her right. Paulton, you know that Death was unusually reticent during the therapy session. Reticent? You know, reserved. Uh, not, oh, well, yeah. not ready to divulge much information. I don't know what Strix is doing right now. I suspect that she's got her bakery up and running. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is kind of late spring, and uh, late spring is a customarily a time of um, 
kind of rebirth for the city of Waterdeep as people sort of get about their daily lives. But weather-wise, it is one of the most temperamental seasons, and it has been a mixture of nice uh, warming weather, but also heavy rains and thick fogs. And a thick oh. a thick fog came into Waterdeep Harbor about a day and a half ago and has basically just been creeping its way up into the city ever since. Oh, great. I hate that. I would like oh. to continue this conversation with Diaz. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, <laughs> you wouldn't hide anything from me, right? Right? Diaz opens the door up a little bit. I would never do anything that would ruin your day. Yes. Okay. Because I can't help but notice that this is much more empty than I last remember. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been getting in my stash, you could just ask. Dieth opens the door a little bit and like, looks past Paulton to see if Strix is nearby. Um, uh, she might be. I don't know. If, like, if the baker, if it's, is it later in the day or is it earlier in the day? Uh, let's say for the sake of argument, it's fairly early in the day. Okay. Um, if it's early in the day, then she's going to be probably setting up things downstairs, yeah. getting everyone working and blah, blah, blah. And did, did Diaz give her the feather that he enchanted yet? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she ha- has that in her hair. Nice. Oh. Evelyn is off at the temple dealing with temple business. Um, you, the only thing you know that she told you was that uh, there's somebody arriving from out of town, some uh, priest of great repute, and so, uh, and there's also uh, various masses and uh, vigils and things happening at the temple right now, and her presence is requested and required. Okay, so after peeking past them to see if uh, Strix is nearby at all and she's not there, mm-hmm. uh, Diaz will then, like, grab Paulton and, like, pull him into his bedroom and shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just be like, all right, fine. Look, yes, fine. I just, I didn't want anyone else to panic. I didn't want them to get scared or do something irrational. But- I mean, I'm a little upset that she took some wine, but, I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. You say anyone else, and you're poignantly talking about Strix. Yeah, mostly, yes. I mean, even a little bit, too. But anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> Diaz will just be like, it's not that I was hiding anything from anyone. I was just trying to find a good way to process it and figure out how we can handle this, because I just don't know what it means. And Diaz will go to his bed and start like, like, It's seriously just wine. It's not a, not a big deal. Like, you don't have to make this a whole thing. Paul, I'm not talking about wine. This conversation was never about wine. Oh, shit, it was probably squiddly, a little punk ass. <laughs> oh, no, that was me. But <laughs> uh, Diaz will pick up the uh, remnants of the straw doll and just be like... Oh! Shh. Oh, okay, shh, we're doing shh, all right. Did so- I hear someone say, oh, in there? <laughs> We're, we're, um, we're, we're reciting our daily alphabet. I told you not to have secret meetings without me. We're not having secret meetings. That was, uh, that was, I was, it was a pleasure. Oh, it's getting raunchy in here. Don't come in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I think I'm upset about it. And you hear it stop off. Okay, good. 
Strix, when you go downstairs, there is a stranger in the bakery. Oh, God. Um, uh, <laughs> looking at the display of pastries, breads, pies, and other goods that you have for sale. And, um, Vivivivka, would you be so kind as to describe how Esvale Rajnar presents herself when she arrives here for the first time? Well, when you first walk in, I have my back to you. Uh, I have like a large dark cloak on, as I assume it's probably getting a little chilly with that that dang fog. Um, And you see uh, my form with the cloak and a very delicate, elegant hand picking up a pastry turning it in her hand and looking at it very just, oh, it's just, you, you hear her say, oh, this is just so quaint. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'd be careful of that one, though, because it has crickets in it for the kobolds. I, she fumbles it <laughs> <laughs> a little. Um, we have customers from all over Faerun. <laughs> and you can see, first she looks, she turns and looks at you, and you can see the moment of her eyes when she realizes what you had said, and she puts it back down and kind of just wipes her hand a little bit. And she's like, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have touched you without asking, but um, but uh, yes, uh, your door was just open. Uh, it's hello. always open. Good to know. But uh, yes, hello, I am Esvele. And uh, and she kind of does uh, a nice elaborate little, I suppose it's called curtsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Strix doesn't know how to answer that. So she just like very rigidly bows like, eh. <laughs> I I had kept my my curtsy and like looked up at you and just kind of nodded a little and came back up. Uh, you can see that I am I am dressed well, but my clothing has a few maybe uh, loose seams and a little bit of patches of dirt. It's it's uh it's kind of like Disneyland up close or from far away it looks pretty good and then you get a little bit close like oh okay <laughs> but uh she's like oh well um I actually was here looking for someone uh, I was wondering if a uh, Diet lives here as well uh, I'll go check what was your name again Esvale Esvale. <laughs> I'll go check check if it lives here. (laughs) Uh, So Strix is like, "Uh, feel free to touch the pies. We encourage that here. And she'll uh, stomp upstairs. I'll be right back. And uh, she she kind of like looks around like to see if there's anyone else and uses prestidigitation to just close the door. Okay. (laughs) Door's not always open. So Strix goes stomping up the spiral staircase to the upper level, uh, heading back toward Dieth's room, uh, leaving Esvale alone downstairs. Um, <laughs> with cricket pies. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Strix, like, knocks on the door, and she's like, are you guys done? Uh, no, we, uh, we're taking a while here. We're, uh, we're taking our time. Uh, so there's a lady at the door, Dieth, that I don't know if it's a bad lady or a good lady. Uh, her name's es- Esmerle Brajnar. What? Oh. Uh. I don't. I told her I didn't know if she lived here or not. Uh, Dieth so lived here. Dieth, Paul, like turns to Dieth quickly. He's like, oh, "Is there someone else?" <laughs> Am I hearing any of this? <laughs> 
upstairs. Uh, it's a little bit far to hear that conversation. You probably hear Strix's voice because it sort of cuts through the walls. Um, but you don't get that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you, you can only hear kind of like murmurings and maybe the odd shuffling of feet or the, the, the groaning of floorboards. Um, and actually, in this moment... While, while you're registering and keeping abreast of all those noises in the hopes that D.F. will present himself, you also start to feel a little exposed in this large room with its many windows looking out in all directions, and you start to sort of unconsciously pull the, blind, the drapes shut and maybe even take the liberty of, like, turning the open sign closed and putting the bar over the front door. Oh. <laughs> all right. No Great. one's done that in a while. <laughs> uh, but... Dieth will take the remnants of the straw doll and just quickly stash it away in probably one of his uh, pouches. Okay. Uh, or one of his personal packs, just quick, uh, just quick puts it away and <clears throat> and looks back at Paul and is just like, Turn that thing around, it's been here. Just, no, this is, this is related. I can't. <laughs> what? Are you guys okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm almost done. We're <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in there? Do you need well, help? It's just like, all right, all right, this one's for the subreddit. <laughs> Do you need help? Uh, Dieth opens the uh, the door like very quickly. Just <laughs> thank you, Strix. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Diethel starts going downstairs, but not before he takes a moment to turn back to the two of them and just remind them that Lady Rajnar was the friend of Captain Ordame when we had the ship from oh. Aru. All right, uh, then you can live here. I always check because people ask for you. It's probably someone that wants money from us or to kill us. This might still be the same thing. All right. <coughs> you not? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Diethel will go downstairs. Okay. And you see uh, Lady Roshnar for the first time down in the bakery, waiting. Great. I have um, taken a chair and moved it to, like, the very corner of the room. Uh, so my back is up against the walls, and I can clearly see all of the doors and windows. Now, one of the no. chairs in this room, Lady Roshnar, is far superior to the others in terms of its decor <laughs> and its gothic awesomeness. Um, it almost looks like, a, almost looks like a, a velvet-lined... Uh, even wooded throne. Well, be sure it was heavy, but I had some time, so I dragged that one <laughs> to the corner. Right. It was actually quite impressive. Oh, you would sit on the straw chair. Did I go? Did I go down there as well? Uh, that's up to you. Are you following DF down? Yeah, I want to see I'll, who's here. Yeah, right. I'll follow yes. him down. Too. Then the three of you all see this uh, this woman, this um, uh, well presented figure sitting on Stradvon Cherovich in a corner of the room so that she can see the entirety of the bakery before her. Cool. Can I, an- can I animate the chair just to like topple over and dump her out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do have that power. Uh, Esvale, <laughs> you are shocked very suddenly as a, a young, dark-haired man coming down the spiral staircase uh, narrows his eyes at you wiggles or, or uh, just basically hums a little few bars of a tune and suddenly the chair tries to heave you out of it. it I'm very surprised it takes me and kind of boop, like pops me up. Yeah. But to your surprise, uh, I catch myself. I do not fall at all. And I fall very gracefully tip-tapping on my wonderful little heels. Yes. Mm. Is she out of the chair? Yes. Yes, I'm out of the chair. 
That's all I care about. <laughs> I want it to like, <laughs> like walk back over to me. Okay. God. I just want to slowly sit in it and cross my legs and just. Death will start approaching her and he'll just say, uh, I apologize. That's, it's Paulton's favorite chair and he's, he's got this whole thing about it. Uh, we have a very I, special relationship. I dust off my garment. I, 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 I apologize. I had no idea. I, I'm not used to such um, curiosities. It, it is entirely my mistake. I came into your home and I touched your pies. I sat in your chair. It's still in the corner. Paulton's just like, no, no, it's okay. Um, I guess he looks at the chairs like there's an openness that we did not discuss. Apparently, <laughs> we'll be working that out in the near future. Oh, good! I helped you with therapy. Excellent. While um, she's speaking, the entire time, Diaz is just discerning her to see if she resembles any particular, I don't know, apparition he may have seen within the past few weeks. Oh yes. Um, uh, just make a perception or insight. Your choice. Uh, definitely perception then. Uh, yeah, 25. Her visage is familiar to you, um, not necessarily because you recognized it in the veiled woman you spoke to, but because you're pretty sure you saw a painting of her on the wall of the staircase that the chambermaid was walking down. Oh, uh, okay. All right, still. It was a nice velvet painting. Mm-hmm. Right. Enough confirmation for me. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I... Uh, I, I bow again to strength. Like, oh, we've met before, and the... Chair boy, hello, it's wonderful to meet you. And she bows to both of them, and then she turns and she's like, oh, and you are? Uh, Dieth will take her hand, like, I am Dieth Woodrow. Oh, good, I was hoping it was you. Oh, it is so nice to meet you. She keeps her hand there. <clears throat> uh, oh, uh, Dieth kind of like takes and just shakes it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Uh, but yes, so I heard that uh, a couple of weeks ago you came around my manor and you were looking for me. Uh, yes, uh, as for Lady Rajnar. Oh, uh, it's fine. But I'm I'm not in the house. I'm not in the manor right now. You can definitely call me as All right, as uh, Yeah, I've been meaning to uh, speak with you for some time ever since we had returned to Waterdeep. Um, I would have got love to find you sooner, but sadly our paths just not did not cross in time. Also, our house was destroyed like seven times. Mm. <laughs> that is something I all too much can understand. And I'm... Yeah. Don't you, think you have house problems? And she, her eyes just kind of glaze over a little and she looks kind of past you and she's like, yes, in, indeed I do. Uh, but I'm sorry that I haven't been around. Unfortunately, I've been um, uh, predisposed. Uh, yeah, well, uh, as the Lady Rajnar, I only wish to say that uh, it was thanks to your close friend, Captain Ordeme, that we returned from Chalt back to Waterdeep, and we would not have made it back here without him, and we forever... Her. Oh, um, uh, her, our thanks, and our lives, thanks to her. And with that uh, is with my heavy heart, I must relay to you that she lost her life 
in that voyage bring us home? Oh, I, as I said, I have, I have been, I have been gone either way. I haven't really checked in with the, uh, the brazen Pegasus in a while. I, she looks around for uh, a chair to sit in and <laughs> fears all of them. <laughs> so instead she just kind of leans a little bit against the, the corner wall. Oh, oh my, did, did she so suffer? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Strix, could you get her something to drink? Uh, would you like a go away juice? Or would you want like sad juice? Or do you want some tea or um, some of Paulson's she, special reserve? Oh, hold up now. She, she gives Strix a long top to bottom look. Not, not bad, but just a very inquisitive. And she's like, Whatever has the least crickets. Oh, all right. Well, only the pies over there have crickets. Again, they're for the kobold guests. See, I have to provide for everyone. All right, I'll be right back. She goes in the kitchen and she'll pour her, just like make like uh, like hot toddy. Yep. It nice. looks like a little silly outside, so. Uh, while, while you do that, the al- uh, Albie, your albino gazer. Little- oh yeah, little Albie, I forgot Minute. about you. Miniature Beholder, who spends most of his time just sort of hovering around in the kitchen um, doing stuff, uh, he helps as best he can and might actually kind of, because he's kind of uh, a little uh, degenerate, um, (laughs) just sort of, just kind of, yeah, it sort of drools in the cup a bit. Oh, well, I'll scoop that out. Okay, you can do that. It might actually have some healing properties, who knows? Yeah. Feeling um, quite healthy, thank you. <laughs> yes. Chris, I uh, I still have I still have the hand, right? You He's do. still around? Yeah. All right, oh, so wow. as as Paulton's just kind of sitting in the chair, just like listening, like a little like hand just crawls up and just <laughs> just chills on Paulton's shoulder. Uh, when that uh, happens, Esvalet, you see that the severed hand appears to be a withered, sort of blackened with age hand. It's not a clear at a glance what the hand came from, but definitely a humanoid. My, like, my breath catches in my throat and I gasp a little and I reach out and I, I grab Dieth's arm and I'm like, what kind of hand is that? <laughs> oh, that's Andrew. Mm, he's chill. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I wasn't really speaking of its um, personality. Uh, of what creature did it come from? Oh, it's, um... Doesn't well, matter. It's not theirs anymore. <laughs> Give him a little like fist bump. Strix <laughs> comes in with the the. She's made now hot toddies for everyone. And floating behind Strix, you see is this small grapefruit sized beholder, white, with sort of uh, misshapen features, drool coming out of the one corner of its mouth, and four stumpy little eye stalks looking around. It's so cute. In all my directions. my grip on his arm tightens. Strix <laughs> <laughs> is like. Like, sees that and is holding the cups, like, really tight for some reason. Paul like, sees it, too. He's just like... And she puts she puts the cups down in front of them and one in front of Paulson, and you notice that they're now boiling. <laughs> so the water is just, like, like, boiling on fire, and she just, like, sits down, like... <laughs> Paul sees I, the boiling cup, he's just like... Yeah, I'm going to give that, like, an extra five minutes. <laughs> I, I reach out for it, see it. 
and <laughs> learn to second to second look everything in this house and kind of politely recoil back for a second like oh yes indeed um i don't think you're a nice lady it's it's safe oh. that's belay strix it's safe i hope to prove you wrong you don't like crickets, and you know, and just I, that's not that's kind of rude. I just I work really hard on my pies, and you know, it doesn't. She's just mumbling to herself. Uh, as Valet looks around at the group, she looks at the hand. She looks at Strix, that is, uh, you know, grumbling. She looks at the beholder, and she she pulls herself up, brushes her skirt off, marches right over, picks up one of the cricket pies, eyes straight to Strix, and eats one. She has like a, a little she like, like crosses her arm just like mm, gross. She has like a, a little cricket foot that's like kicking her <laughs> mouth a little. And you can see like the eye twitch a little. She didn't think this plan through, but she really wants to um, have a good first impression. Good. Uh Paulton still like, good. Good. Yes. So uh if I may ask. You come into our home, and I just want to know what are your uh, what are your intentions with our boy Diaz? Uh, well, I'm, to speak so bluntly, uh, originally he came into my home and was looking for me. Yeah, I was just trying to find her. Diaz, you've been sneaking out at night. No. Yes, friends, we don't know. There's so many secrets. No, guys, we talked about this. Strix is like lying on the ground going, have you been going anything. Have you been going out without telling us? Oh, I Deeth ignores them and just turns back to Espelay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just says that I just if there's anything that you uh, we can do for you for Captain Ordame, that's please let us know. But we just, she, just she jumps out and grabs his hands and hers. Well, I'm actually so happy you said that. Because um I can't help but to notice as I look around, I have been in need of a, well, a certain, a certain type of adventure, I suppose. And sometimes the, the situation just presents itself. I do need your help, actually. And this would go a far way of making me feel better about the untimely death of my captain, who was wonderful and I really care about and I'm very sad. Uh... I gave up her life for you. No big deal. From, from like, from like the side, like her, his hands being held, he's just like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what is it that you need? Well, um, she turns around and checks over her shoulders again, feeling again exposed and kind of still holding your hands, kind of pulls you back towards a wall a little bit away from the window. I, I am a, in a bit of a pickle. Um, I am currently in hiding. Uh, there are some who wish to do me and my family harm. In fact, it is, it is unfortunately why I was unable to meet with you when you came to look at me, or look at me, look for me, oh, pardon. Um, but... Strix is also, like, right behind you now. <laughs> like, right, she's, like, right behind you. Like, you don't even know how she, she misty-stepped right behind you. Getting she's some like real... Right getting some real vibes here. She's, like, right... She's, like... And you can just smell how bad she smells. Like, right there. 
<laughs> I'm going to do my best to push through that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stifle your gag reflex, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm still working on that that cricket. Um, I I need uh, two certain items that I just do not think that I can obtain myself, uh, being a lady of nobility and having to, um, unfortunately, hide myself as a late. I don't have the... No, the can-do attitude that you and I look over my shoulder, your band of plucky friends actually have. Um, I actually need... Uh, at that point, up. at that point, everything in the room goes dead silent. Like, we can't hear like, voices yeah, anymore? Her voice is completely just now just... And I read lips. And every every sound is just completely muted, like the entire room is in a silence spell. Uh, it's a silence spell. No one can see me say it's a silence spell. <laughs> uh, I start running around in circles, mm-hmm. like this. Like <clears throat> <laughs> you see, Paulton's like trying to scream over. He's like. <laughs> Um, it's, it's like takes her staff and turns it into the magical like quill and in the air writes dispel magic <laughs> and points a Paulton. I I notice none of this and I'm I am wrote- still just like talking <laughs> at Dieth. <laughs> uh, Dieth is looking around very confused because at first he thought it was just him. Just Paulton like looks to Dieth. He's just like, I'm so used to people letting me talk. I'm still going. <laughs> uh, he turns to her. Is just. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh okay. Uh, uh, Dieth will. Dieth usually has like a. Uh, writing utensil or a quill or mm-hmm. parchment or something nearby because he has always been a studious note taker. Mm-hmm. He could also take the one from Strix's hair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't dare touch that one. She's going to no. grab that real fast and then uh, just hand it to Lady Rajnar uh, and just kind of like motion to like write it down. Um, and while she does that, I'm actually going to try to peek through some of the window blinds or anything to see if there's anyone or anything nearby who could have caused this because it was none of us. Right. Uh, when he starts yeah. going and opening up the blinds, I am very distracted by that. I am very nervous. I'm peeking over his shoulder outside. I'm As he like leaves the window, I close the blinds again. Hmm. D.F., as you look out, you see that... Uh, the, the fog of spring has pretty much clouded the uh, Troll Skull Alley. You can see out about maybe 20, 30 feet, and uh, it seems sort of deathly quiet, except maybe often just on the periphery uh, of the edge of your view, you see dark shapes that suggest people just making about their daily business, oblivious, mm-hmm. oblivious to the current situation affecting you. You don't hear them. They don't seem at all drawn toward you. They just carry on about their business. Got it. So it's just, just in here. Is oh. this familiar? <laughs> uh, 
I will start looking around too for someone who casts the spell if Paulton's not casting counter spell, even though I've written it like fifteen times and not in the air. Oh, it's like written? Or not ca- yeah, it's like in the air. It says dis- so it says dispel magic, not counter spell. You have dispel magic. And now it's starting to say you have dispel magic. <laughs> <laughs> I do? You do, oh, but Paulton, you know that dispel magic has a verbal component which won't work in a silence. He's like Oh no. Um, and just Strix that just like shit writes it. <laughs> <laughs> you see Paulton silently, silently just like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm going to uh, quick check the um, what you call it, the basement real fast, the cellar. Yeah. See if uh, the area of the silence affects the other floors as well. Okay. Uh, when you open the hatch. You're shot. A, a b- something comes up out of the darkness and hits you. Uh, a magic gun. <laughs> you're, but you don't hear it. You just feel it. I scream in pain. Oh, no. You, nobody hears you. you. You all see, as Dieth opens the hatch to the basement, uh, him suddenly just sort of fly backward as if hit with some terrible force. Oh, no! And, and uh, you take 20 points of damage from that shot, and, Dieth, you feel like some of that is poison working through your system. Uncanny dodge! You take 10. Pause. But still poison? Just... Yep. There's not even like a save on the poison or anything. I'm There's just... no save on the poison. That's good poison. That's bad poison. Uh, okay. Yep. 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 Okay. So uh, after being shot and stumbling backwards, uh, we should roll initiative. <laughs> oh heck. Twenty-five. Twenty-five for DF. Seventeen. Do I have my rapier on me? Am I? Uh, you probably. Yeah, you do. You do have your weapon on you. I'm doing this. All, All right. right. Paulton's going five. five. What? Five. Five. Paulton, sorry. And, uh, uh, I got seventeen. Okay. Strix. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Uh, Paulton did- also turns to her and is just like in dead silence, just like. <laughs> Damn it. All right, I rolled 25. Okay, you're first. Great. So the hatch door is open. All right, so after stumbling back from getting shot, uh, Dieth will stand up, withdraw gutter, uh, and then check his shot wound. Is there like a bolt or arrow there? No. It is, you you see the hole, and you think you were shot with... Something small and incredibly painful, almost like an intensely fired sling stone. I don't feel so good. Um, also, just for the sake of fairness, uh, this, the poison effect at the start of my turn, end of my turn. It affects. It happen, It actually is an instantaneous poison. The effect is now ended. Oh, okay. So just extra damage. Yep. How much was the poison damage again? I'm sorry. So in total, with the with the yeah. the the. the the projectile and the poison together ended up doing 10 points of damage to you because of your uncanny dodge. Okay, got it. 
just want to make sure I had that right. Okay. Well, that's not good. <clears throat> um, can the others see me, like, oh, yes. oh, eating yes. and weapon out? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Deathless, like, point to uh, the Aoi and then point towards the hatchery or to the cellar. <clears throat> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I'm just gonna freaking leap right on down there. It's gonna look real cool. Okay. Like, not even use the ladder, just whoop. Yep. When you drop down into the cellar, make a perception check at disadvantage. Oh. I mean, it's fine. Uh, still gonna be a... With... Because I got my reliable talent, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a 21. Great. You can see in the ale cellar that you've just leapt into, uh, standing one, standing right near you, is a dark elf with a device in his hand the likes of which you have not seen before. It is almost wand-like but has a strange curved handle and his finger is on some sort of trigger-like mechanism and there is smoke coming out of the end of it. Well, I hate this. Um, there is another I... one standing in another corner. Oh, jeez. With a loaded weapon. Oh, he's got, he's got one of those thingies too? Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, all right. Um, and it's just the two of them, though? As far as you can see. Great. Can I hear things down here? No. Damn it. Dead silent. That's awful. Okay. Uh, down here, facing off between the two of them, uh, I am going to take the defensive action. Okay. And just get ready to dodge, dodge whatever the heck the other guy's going to do. Great. Uh, they go right now. Uh, the one standing in front of you, who fired at you on the surprise yep. round, seems to... Um, what does he do? Let me just double check this. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I just need to look this up very quickly. Just gotta look up to see how bad this is gonna be. All right. Uh, He will keep the weapon that he has in one hand, but draw a short sword and attempt to stab you with that twice. All right. Uh, and he rolls a 19 and an 11. That with the disadvantage for my, my defense? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so he rolled an 11 and a 20. Oh, okay. The 20 still hits. Okay. Uh, but it's after like, a bunch of cool parries and stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, you will take 19 points of damage, as you see that some of that, too, is also poison. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. And then his buddy will shoot at you silently with his weapon. And he's at disadvantage two. Uh, he rolled an 18 total. Oh, that hits as well. Okay. Then, oops. Curses. He does uh, 22 points of damage total. All right, I want to uncanny dodge that one. You take 11. Good. 
still ours. All right. And then the third one that you didn't see. Oh, come on! Oh, my God! Becomes visible and tries to assassinate you from uh, underneath the stairs uh, with his short sword. He's got advantage, a disadvantage, is neutralized. Uh, this is how I die. And DF, some, some preternatural instinct of yours tipped you off because even though you couldn't hear him in the dead silence, something, there was just some moment where you slipped out of his grasp and his weapon does not find purchase. That's right. Which is, I, which is lucky because that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, it's like I know these drow assassinations work. <laughs> and now it is Strix's turn. Strix, you have heard nothing. DF just went uh-huh. down into the hatch. Well, uh, I literally can't cast any. I lost them. We won. Hello. Hello. Hello we're back. Hi. All right. Sorry, Strix. Uh, no problem. We did our rolls and we won. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, was, I was just saying that uh, I have no spells that I can cast. Right. Not it's fine, spell. though. We win. No one's going to Barovia. Uh, Everything. Except for I, what I can do uh, is I can... Are they... Are we still on technical difficulties right now? Yeah, I don't know if we're on. Are we? Oh, yeah. Are we not live? I don't think we're live. It's still off. Looks like we're not live right now. They said that we're you were assassinated by Drow. The, the last thing the, the stream heard was Chris saying, "I lost them." As I was stabbed. Oh, no. It's okay. The Drow. The Drow all realized what they did was really messed up, <laughs> and that everyone really likes their show, and we can't die. Right. They yeah. apologized. They bought some pastries. Mm-hmm. It was a good old time. Made. It turns into Chris, a musical. I didn't, I didn't no. meet Jarlaxel. No, did I? No. No. Omen just, or uh, sorry, Viari tried to pickpocket him. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Strix had not joined the game at that point. That's right. That's right. In five. Four, three, right. two. And we're back. And everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, we won. It was great. Yes, it's not. Wow. We 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 discovered that Strix can't cast any spells in the silence, so that's good. That's good. It's her turn. So yeah, someone looked that up. Um, (laughs) So uh, what what I can do is I can transform my staff. So I will scuttle up to the. The hole that Diet jumped into. You see him and engaged in combat with one drow at the foot of the stairs. Okay, and I would like to hover my my little my lantern. Well, my my right now it's a feather. Turn it into a cauldron and drop it on top of this drow. Just like throw it on top of him. Yeah, like I'm gonna position it and just drop it on him. Okay, well he's you're gonna have to kind of hurl it down the stairs over Diet okay. to hit the drow. Because DF is between okay. you and the drow. So uh, go ahead and make an improvised ranged attack. It's a d20 <laughs> plus yeah. your dexterity go. bonus. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh. Add your dexterity bonus. Okay, that's a 14. 
Okay, uh, so it's, uh, the drow sees the cauldron coming and dodges out of the way, and it silently strikes the floor <laughs> of the cellar and goes tumbling off into the darkness. I like to imagine it was like slowly floating towards him. Yes. And he's just like... <laughs> uh, I, I want them to see me yelling pike off and gesturing rudely. Okay. That they can do. Okay. And then it is Paulton's turn. Help. Okay. So I'm going to cast invisibility on myself. Okay. And then can I run down there and see what I see? You can indeed. Um, cool. And when you go down there, make a perception check. Actually, oh. invisibility has verbal components. Oh, I thought it was just touch. No. Verbal somatic material. You're out of luck. Uh, okay. All right, then I'm just gonna... Does... Let me see here. Um, Thunderwave doesn't have verbal, does it? Do, 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 I don't do, do, do. So. Let's find out. I don't see anything. Bum, 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 bum. Well, there is that. Um... If thunder goes off in a silence, can anything happen? So, yes, it does have verbal, as a matter of fact. Cool. Almost all spells do, by the way. It's very... So I'm, I'm super certain that none of my spells will really work. Being a bard, uh, this is where, this is your curse, man. Silence is mm. not bard-friendly. All right, it's not cool. sorcerer-friendly either. True. Normally, I love it. <laughs> okay, well then, I guess if no spells are working, I'll just... I'm, like, trying to do stuff. I'm just, like... Now, you do have one spell that you've been concentrating on that's still up, and that's your animate object. (laughs) Do it! Set in the chair! (laughs) Do it! Fine. I'm going to tell the chair to just romp on down there and kill the first thing that isn't Diaz it sees. I'm trying all this stuff that I look to the chair. I'm just, like... And you can see the chairs like tapping silently, expectantly, waiting for some command. All right, uh, so you send the chair down the stairs. Diath, you don't hear it coming, but through, through, through some sort of backlight up in the room above, you, you do see something coming down. You think it's going to be your friends. And suddenly you see Strahd, you see the dark silhouette of Strahd von Cherovich at the top of the staircase, and then it comes stomping down toward you. Uh, Mist, like misty backlight beams, just like silhouetting it, just like, <laughs> like this is your savior, is a chair. <laughs> All right, and so uh, roll a d20, uh, Paulton, and add five for the chair's attack roll. Okay. Uh, 23. That hits the drow. It does, okay. it does 2d6 plus one points of damage. Just punch it with his arm rest. Like yep. going back on its two legs and like yes. punching. Oh, yeah. Uh, 10. Okay, just 10 points of first damage uh, done to the drow. Friggin' uh, beauty in the beast. <laughs> <laughs> so this drow is silently assailed by this gothic chair. Even Paulton's looking at it, it's just like... <laughs> All right, and then it is Esvalet's turn. Uh, so I, I go over and I... <laughs> I've seen 
cauldrons getting thrown down there. I have seen chairs running off in there. I go and I take a peek down. Mm-hmm. I- you see a DF and a chair battling a drow at the bottom of the staircase in the dark, okay, in, the, uh, in the otherwise dark cellar. Uh, everyone can see me silently say something that is just so not ladylike. And I, I unsheathed my rapier and jumped down. Okay. And I am, I'm just gonna attack this, uh, I'm gonna work my way around the chair and I am yep. going to attack the, uh, that first draw that I see. Okay. Um, With vindiction. Right, so you, you can make your attack, starting with your first yes. one. Yes, indeed I will. So, the first one is uh, 14. Uh, that, that The drow dodges out of the way of that. Oh, by the way, you have advantage, um, because you have an ally oh, fighting next to it. So you roll two dice. And That's take... right, and actually I, uh, I didn't add my addition to it, so that was actually a 21. That hits. Okay, second one is a 26. That hits. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> and then that last one was two ones in a row. Okay. Uh, you're, you're rolling these titanic dice that sounds like just like yeah, right? big, yeah. giant. Oh, sorry. No, it's great. That's lovely. Uh, so you hit. You know I'm actually doing it. You hit twice, and you can use your sneak attack if you want to on your first attack. Yes, I was going to say. I All right. Um, so now I need to roll the damage on two of them, right? Yep. All right. And the, so sne- and the sneak attack damage only applies to one attack. Okay. So the sneak attack is... Uh, oh, actually, no. That's a total lie. My mistake. You get it on both. No, no. I'm right. One once per turn. Sorry. Once per turn. Don't yeah. play with me like that. Yeah, sorry. All right. I, I can read. <clears throat> okay. So the first one... Oh, man. Couldn't rid of that. All right, the first one was uh, five. Okay. Oh, wait, and then add the sneak attack to it. That is 19. Well, then. Okay. And then the second one... He's looking worse for wear. ...is an eight. Okay. And uh, that drow is now bloodied. That's the one at the bottom of the stairs fighting Dieth, the chair. And uh, when Esvalet leaps into battle Dieth, you can see that she is very uh, puissant, skilled with the, bla- with the rapier, uh, making three stabbies and getting the drow once really good between the oh. blades of his shoulders. She is far more capable than I expected. The third time I only missed because I was checking over my shoulder to assess your damage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which you'd know if you could hear what she was saying to you, but... Uh, oh, no, no, he could see it. It was in the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, doing that, you see Strix just throwing her, a cauldron at the drow, failing, like, miserably, and going... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the, the drow exchange hand signs with each other, uh, surprisingly calmly, just given the current situation and intensity of what's going on. Diath and Esvalet... You know what they're saying because you speak the language. Yep. And uh, they are saying, uh, uh, let's turn our attacks on her. She must have the stone in her possession. I got a hand sign for him. 
And so they all shift their, they all shift toward Esvalet. DF, what do you do? Okay, uh, so the one that the chair was fighting, was that the bloodied one? Yes. Okay, great. Because I want a combo attack with this fucking chair. Okay, have at it. So... You leap, uh, you leap up on the chair as it's attacking. I, I and... actually, like, I, like, vault over the chair, and mm-hmm. using that like, extra height allows me to vault, like, like basically like, moonsault over the the drow himself so I can land behind him. Very good. And then have to sneak attack. Excellent. Have at it. <laughs> Even though he can't say anything, like, after, like, the hand signs happen, Paulton's just like, oh, they're activating their jutsu. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I roll a 21. Hit. Hey. Many dice. Let me show you how a sneak attack is done, lady. Come on, impress me. One second. (laughs) Dex is so bad. 42. (laughs) What? All right. Uh, Yeah, he had 42 hit points left. So... Ah. Uh, yes. How how do you want to do this? Uh, yeah, it's just like uh, the moonsault over the chair. So Diaz comes down and lands behind him, but is like facing his back. Uh huh. And then it's just like uh, pierce right through the chest. Uh, as soon as like it's all the way through, so there's no more blades. An instant twist, and then pulls out. Uh, so that is the moment he pulls out. Like the drow just falls to the floor. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Diaz can like do a quick. Swipe this blade, like get all the blood off of it, and then turn towards the others. I'm still hurt, holding his wounds. Very good. As the drow dies and the blade rips out from his uh, torso, he spews a gout of blood all over your face and neck, Esvale, but you're not at all troubled or distressed by this death throw. Sorry. Um, in fact, uh, given. Uh, given the satisfaction with which you see the life leave his eyes, you're probably just like... <laughs> All right. Yes, and as, <laughs> as a bonus action, I definitely raise an eyebrow in approval. <laughs> okay. You can't hear him, but Paulton's like, oh, my Hokage. <laughs> <laughs> little, heart, little hearts fly in the air you around Paulton. You don't get the team attack very often, Paulton, so I'll take what I can get. All right, the two remaining dark elves, um, one of them is going to shoot Esvale, um, rolling, and you see something, something must have happened to his weapon because it didn't go off and now he's looking at it and obviously angry that something has gone wrong with the mechanism. His friend darts over from the corner and tries to stab you twice. Uh, but apparently their dexterity has completely failed them on this round, um, ah. as play, and they, he practically trips and stumbles his way over the dead corpse of his friend and the chair that is, um, basically taking up a great deal of space. It wasn't silent, they could hear me laugh. Indeed. And that brings us to Strix. All right, um, I watched this whole exchange with anger um, and grossed out because the bullet's gross. Do I see her enjoy the blood? 
enjoy it? I no, you, you, I didn't say I enjoyed it. I'm more. <laughs> I'm suspicious. That's all I'm saying. She just. Oh, I've picked up on that. <laughs> she, she just seems inured to it. Like, um, you know, it's not the first time she's seen blood, real blood. Right. Okay. Well, Strix is just like. Mm. And then uh, I'm going to. I was still impressed by the chair antics, but I'm going to go down and uh, go grab my cauldron. Okay. Uh, when you do. Um, you will, to get down the stairs and get to your cauldron, you will provoke an attack of opportunity from the drow who is accosting Esvale with his sword. Um, and I can't misty step. Uh, no. let me check the spell. I think it's I got a verbal. I, I've been checking them all. I'm pretty sure I can't do anything. Uh, misty step uh, is a verbal, so no. God, everything is bad. This sucks. All right. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll just, I'll get stabbed. It's fine. Okay. He will attempt In fact, to... I'm just going to run by just like, stab me. It's fine. Just like, okay. stab me. Fair enough. Uh, he rolled a seven, <laughs> 17 on the attack roll. Yeah, of course it hit. All right. Oops, wrong die. Um, so it's going to do 21 points of damage, including poison damage to you. All right. Ow. And, asshole. and you slip by and you grab your heavy cauldron. What do you do next? All right. All right. Um, I will... You got it by the handle. Okay. I will turn it into the frying pan <laughs> and hit the drow on the back of the head. All right. <laughs> <laughs> as hard as I can. There's, okay, make an attack roll. All right. Oh, Over the head with both her hands. Yep. <laughs> Go and tick away. Uh, I rolled a two. Okay. So <laughs> you, you sort of swing wildly, spinning around in the silence, um, but you don't yes. actually connect. Yes, that's what I do. And I look really stupid. And okay. I'm pretty sure that everyone in the room is going to judge me. Paulton? You're, no. you're, you're at the top of the stairs with Handrew. You're, you can continue to command your chair to assail these foes. Okay. Or, um, or, or you can do some other action. Uh, what was the... It's a bonus action, by the way, to mentally command the chair, so... Oh, even better. Okay, well, I'm gonna go... So, am I, I'm at a point where I... Did I see the drow, like, at the stairs, like, making these attacks, or do I still have no idea it's there? Uh, you see another drow has entered the, entered, uh, the scene that you can see at the bottom of the stairs. After the first drow fell, he came and tried to kill Esvalet. Okay. Um, and, you know, and you know there's one under the stairs because, uh, mm. um, yeah. That's the one I want to go for. Okay. So I'm going to, so for my action, I'm going to, I guess, use the sun sword. Okay. And I'm going to try and stab this boy. It becomes very bright in the room. And then this laser sword, this light sword, goes slamming down through the wood, uh, between the wooden slats of the stairs at this Mm -hmm. dark elf. Make an attack roll. All right. So that is plus two. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen does not hit. Cool. Well, I get annoyed, and I'm going to command the chair to go attack that one. All right. Yes, the chair can uh, sidle over under the stairs and start wailing on this guy. Make another attack roll at plus five to hit. 
Okay. Ooh, 21. That hits. Roll 2d6 plus 1 for damage. Why is, why is, why is the chair better than this? <laughs> 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 oh, t- uh, 11. 11. Very good. First damage this guy's taken. <laughs> this chair silently accosting this drow. And then... I see this, and I just look at the chair, and I look at the sword, and I look at the chair, and I just slowly put the sword away. <laughs> the blade goes out, goes dark, and you just pocket the hilt. All right, and then uh, Esvalet. Esvalet, you have a foe um, next to you and DF and Strix. Okay, well, uh, I'm going... Is this the one that attacked me, or is this the one that tried to shoot me? This is the one that atta- tried to attack you last round and did not score a hit. Well, let's see if I can return the favor. I am going to reel back my rapier again, mm-hmm. and I am going to start slicing. I used more gentle die this time than my metal die before. Okay, so that is a 26. Hit. Uh, natural 20. All right, crit. And a... Da, 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 wait, uh, carry the two. Uh, 12. Okay, the 12 is a miss, but you scored a crit, so that will do double dice damage. Cool, that last one that never quite hits right. And you can, um, you can apply the crit to your sneak attack for the round. Oh, yeah. All right, I like this. Uh, uh, so then it's 45. Good lord. All right. That's the first, that's the crit. That's the first attack. Yep. And then for the other one, it is, I hit real hard with that first one. All right. Yes. But the first attack alone bloodied him. And then you just put a, an extra sauce on with the second hit and uh, dealt him a wound that will probably leave a scar if he survives. And, um, then... Oh, dear. We're back to DF. So, DF, you're down to two adversaries, one of whom just took a hideous blow from Esvalet. The other one is being accosted under the stairs by Strad von Cherovich. You're closest to the former. What would you like to do? Um, I'm going to go after the one that Esvalet just hit, because I'd rather be able to remove more threats while I can. Okay. Yeah, so that Strad von Cherovich is... Distracting that guy, I'll, I'll go to the one that uh, Espelay was messing up and then try to try to get a good old stab in him. Good. All right. Uh, you have advantage. Ooh, all right. Boop. Well, it's not great. Uh, no, that's still 22. Hit. Okay, great. Is that a sneak attack? Cause I gotta yes, it is. It's a lot of dice. It's no crit, but it's a lot of dice. That's three ones. Wow. Uh, 35. All right, you kill him. Good. So again, another one goes splashing down in in bloodbath uh, and slumps on the floor. Its life expires. Did he have one of those weird-looking stick thingies? He does. All three of them do have these weird weapons. Okay. I, I take the pad of paper that I was given earlier and I write really quickly, uh, I softened him up for you and I shove it into your hand. Okay. <laughs> you uncrumple it and look at it. It's like... Dia yeah. just looks at it and gives you a face like, what does it matter? And then like tosses it away. 
I roll my eyes because oh, boys just don't get it. All right, <laughs> and then it is the bad guy's turn. There's one left. Oh, um, all right. So the writing is on the wall. So is his friend's blood, and um, he pulls out a vial, drinks it, and turns invisible. So the one that the chair is attacking on the stairs suddenly disappears. All right. And then it is Strix's turn. So there's there's one any... there's one drow down here, Strix, but you can't see him now. All right. Um, do any of them? Did the that one have the jaunty hat by chance? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> just curious. Um, all right. Well, I'm just gonna swing wildly with my frying pan and hope I hit him. <laughs> all right. Uh, go ahead and make an attack. Make an attack roll with dis- disadvantage on your attack roll. It's really sad. Oh please, nothing to make me happier. Oh man, if I had gotten it, just uh, I got a natural twenty and a fourteen. Oh, so fourteen okay. was my disadvantage. Okay. Oh, do I, add, I don't think I add anything. No, you don't. Um, so sadly, the invisibility denies you your prize. You go swinging in the area where you think he is, but there's nothing there. All right, but I I'm sure at least. Yeah, I hope I spooked him. You sure did. <laughs> and then... Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> uh, Paulton, you're on the stairs. You can't see the drow anymore that your chair was attacking. What do you do? Um, now, you know that there are only two ways out of this cellar. One is through a gate leading down into the sewers, which is probably how they got in here, and the other is up the stairs past you. So, okay, fairy fire is also verbal, right? Uh, it is, yes. Okay, so that's cool. Um, so what I'm going to do, since I know that... Let's see. So Okay, so there's the stairs, which I'm kind of like at the top at, and then there's the gate where they probably came in from. Right, down in the cellar, yeah. Is that... And you can't, see, I, you can't see the gate from here unless you sort of crouch down on the stairs and kind of look down at an odd angle be half behind you. Would I, would that, could I do that without using my action? Yes. Just as part of a move, you could. Can I, like, look down to see if the gate looks like it's just been opened? You can, and you do notice that it is currently hanging open. So from that, I'd assess that he probably left... Potentially, or they left it open when they entered. Okay, well, just in case, as my action, I'm going to take the sun sword back out okay. and then just swing directly in front of me. <laughs> All right, make an attack roll. Uh, because, you're, because the potential target's invisible, you have disadvantage, so roll two dice and take the lower result. Frying pan, flailing, sun sword. <laughs> also, before what? he does that... Also, before he does that, he doesn't say it because there's no sound, but he thinks right. to himself, he looks at the sword and goes... Oh, right. Finesse. That would have been helpful. <laughs> so with that in mind... With your dexterity applied. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, uh, is it plus just the dexterity or uh, also... And also your proficiency bonus. So, yeah. So you're as a as a tenth level character, you have a proficiency bonus of plus three, four, four. Yeah, you're eleventh level, so you're plus four plus plus your dexterity. So that's a dirty twenty. All right. Uh, So that's even with disadvantage, right? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. You actually cut into him because he was trying to run oh. past you. <laughs> so I just hit something. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was, oh, I was right. <laughs> oh, shit, cool. So the silence, the silence rings. Your surprise is, is, is drowned out by the spell, but everyone can see it nonetheless. Roll your damage. Okay. So that is a uh, times. Two. Okay, cool. So, uh, 12. Okay, so the rest of you can see the radiant blade cut into something fleshy and splatter blood all over the stairs. Um, and also you smell burnt drow flesh. And, uh, and then whatever it is seems to try to push its way past Paulton and continue running up the stairs, leaving a trail of blood behind it. Um, Holly, I would like you to make for me... Or no, sorry, never mind. I have, I have to make this roll. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. I like it. Never mind. Uh, nothing to see here. So clearly after Paulton stabbed whatever, this invisible drow, it continued to run up past him and is now up in the, the bakery somewhere. And Aww. it is Esvalet's turn. Your quarry is full. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, so, so the uh, the drow is invisible, but it's leaving a trail of blood that I can see. Yes. Love it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to finish what we started. I'm going to pop right up those stairs with a quickness and see if I can catch up to this hopefully limping, slow drow. All right. Um, as you follow the trail, you can see that the drow is clearly uh, trying to make its way around. Actually, he probably leaps over the counter, probably spilling a little bit of blood on the glass and maybe even on some of the pies. Um, <gasps> and then uh, is making its way to the door. Uh, you can follow easily enough and make an attack. because you, Even though you can follow the blood trail, you still can't see it, so you have disadvantage on your attack roll. Rolls. Good thing I locked all those doors. That's true. Yes, you did. Take them another minute to get through. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> seem to work for them. I'm going to run up on the trail of blood and just kind of, yeah, f- finesse, finesse flare. It's more like a, you know, like free the air. Fantastic. Okay. Okay, so the first one is a uh, 21. Hit. And next one is a 19. Hit. And then a 15? No. The third one. The th- I just, I, it's a bum shoulder from college. I just can't get that third hit in. So um, you can, you hit twice then. So go ahead and give me your damage. Uh, do I need to see the person to be able to do the sneak attack? Uh, you need advantage, so... Yeah, you need advantage. Oh, okay. Just well, regular hits. Regular, yeah. yeah. Alright, so this is... Uh, that's 14. For okay. Uh, you can't hear anything, but you do, you do feel your, the end of your weapon piercing flesh. 
there's no indication that you have killed your quarry, no big splash of blood on the floor, no weird outlines that would suggest a bodily form has fallen at your feet. Uh, and it is Diath's turn. Uh, all right. So I'm going to use my cunning action to dash mm-hmm. so I get extra movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm just going to also chase after this guy, okay. seeing where Espelay was previously attacking it and yep. being able to hit him. Yep. So I'm going to use most of my movement to catch up to him, okay. make an attack, and then use the rest of my movement to uh, stand in front of the door. Got it. Go ahead and make your attack. All right, so this is still a disadvantage, though. Uh, it's The disadvantage is negated by Esvalet's presence, so it's just a normal attack roll. So regular attack. Oh, that's actually pretty good. 26. That's a hit. Right, and you get uh, your sneak attack. All right, sneak attack to the ally. Uh, I need one more dice. Did I drop one? I dropped one. Oh, there it is. Uh, 10, 11, 13, 17, 20, 22, 26, 30, 35. Okay, for the third time in as many rounds, Diath fells, assassinates a drow incursor, and you're pretty sure that this drow is dead because of the blood pouring strangely around his body now lying on the floor. Does he, does he appear after death? He is still invisible. Okay, so after, like, Diath, like, kind of stabs him, and then, like when he feels like die, like dying, slumped down, he just kind of like falls uh, with it, and then like pull, pulls a sword out, just kind of like flops over onto the <sighs> ground, just like <sighs> it's, yes. still like bleeding and stuff from his wounds. All right, uh, we are out of combat, and yeah. after about another, I want to say eight or nine minutes, the silence ends. Ugh. And as soon as it ends, I point out that, well, yes, you may have gotten the killing blow three times. I'm just pointing out that each time I was... Oh, first, my God. <laughs> like, I was right there, like, Ow. waiting for it. I was, I was waiting for it. I, I, I did soften them. Um, Strix would like to go and use mending on that gate, if I could. Okay, uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they basically just, uh, they use their thieving ability to uh, pick the locking mechanisms. So you just have yeah. to, you just really have to close it and relock it. Uh, okay, all right. I'll close it and relock it and just, like, throw a stip right? complain, and then I'll go back upstairs. And then when I see the blood on the pies, I'm going to be like, oh, my pie! <laughs> <laughs> and start crying. They're like, uh, oh, still good. Fallen goes down to uh, Strahd Von Cherovich mm-hmm. and, like, kneels to him. He's just like, you did good, bud. That'll do. And gives him, wants to try and give him a little fist bump. <laughs> oh, bump. my God. All the right. leg like, curls up. Just... Yeah. All right. Excellent. I guess Diaz bandages himself. Oh, no. Strix was going to go up, and after she cried about the pies, go up and heal him. Oh, okay. I um... see where the priorities lie. <laughs> look. <laughs> look. We have debts to repay, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'll just do, uh, let's see, I'll heal a pretty high spell. Yeah. Thank you. Let's see how many points you get back, hold on. I don't heal enough, I'm not good at this enough yet. So if it's, wait, if it's fifth level, okay, that's 5d8 plus 4. Okay, so you get... Twenty-six points back. Ooh, all right. Like doubled what I had just had. All right. Okay. 
So I I look around at um, the chaos and the bodies, which uh, have the bodies actually did that one body like decloak? Uh, eventually, it eventually it will. Yes, the potion will oh. wear off and it will form after after a fashion. The other two, of course, are visibly dead, and you can okay. see that their strange weapons are very unusual, and they seem to. Uh, there's a smell about them, which is familiar to you, D.F., Paulton, and Strix, because you have kegs of the stuff, two of them, no, one keg left, I think, tucked away somewhere in this house. Yep. Right, yeah. It's, like, it's this the, reminds me of Warrington Munt yeah. as well. He it, probably smells like it's it. It's definitely a gunpowder weapon, and if, if Warrington were to see these, he'd get really excited. Yeah. Oh, hide them! We can hold on to them, maybe ask him about it in a bit. All I right. want one. Espelay. They said they're after you about the stone. Do you have the stone? I I sigh and I kick the invisible dead body that's next to me, and I'm like, unfortunately, yes, this is due to me. This is kind of what I was getting at when I was telling you that I was uh, indisposed. Unfortunately, the drow have been hunting me and my family for some time, and I have been in hiding. Um. It kind of works out when you think about it, though, because uh, one of the things that I was going to ask for your help in procuring is um, one of their hands. Uh. So um, if you wouldn't mind, and you could just be a dear, and just go ahead and uh, just snip that off for me, that would be great. <laughs> Oh, uh, Strix pulls out her scissors and she's like, I got it! Yeah, I'm like, new. I'm new. <laughs> can, uh, this is can... my favorite thing to do. I love taking parts off of bodies. I'm so good at it. I've learned my whole life. And she just like goes and just like crunch, 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 crunch. No question of anything. Oh, I knew I had definitely found the right group. I was so sure of it immediately with the, the Anthony or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> while, the, while this is happening, can Paulton, can Paulton like quietly like yoink one of these mysterious weapons? Uh, yeah, if you want to do it subtly without your friends seeing, just make a sleight of hand check, a dexterity sleight of hand. If you don't have the skills, okay. if you don't have the skills, just dexterity. Oh, I, I, I have it. I have it. Ooh, okay. Uh, 16. Anybody who uh, cares to can make a perception check. I will. I'm I would like to. I'm too busy chopping this hand off, having a great time. Uh, 16. Okay. You see it, as valet. Nope, uh, trusts his friends. And I, I go ahead and I say, oh, if you want one of those, you can totally take one. I'm, I'm not too interested in those. It's more the hand that I'm interested in. Like Saying it out loud so everybody <laughs> knows that you're taking it. Paul's just like, well, guest NPC said it's okay, so... <laughs> what do you need the hand for? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's nothing lewd, if that's what you're saying, but it's I, a... Not what I was implying. Oh. As, as you say that, Strix comes up behind you holding this dripping, bloody hand, and she's like, here go! Uh, it's absolutely as, perfect. Um, as, as she mentions the possibility of something lewd, Paul just kind of, like, looks over to Andrew, just like... Uh, but yes uh, actually the hand is uh, a part of a key that I need a key? a key I know it's you know know, know things about keys do you? Chris Chris is like (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, so I now have this piece 
I'm holding it by its like middle finger, like, which is fantastic. I uh, so much more of a productive day than I was expecting. Um, but I do need one other piece, uh-huh. which I'm sure betwixt all of us, we can just we can obtain it so easily. I actually need um, an eye stock from a beholder. Oh, I have one of those. Oh, see, like I said, this girl right here. I adore you see, her. you see, Albie sort of run away. He's just sort of. Oh, no, yours, Albie. No, no, I, I have a couple. I've like taken them from like every single beholder yeah. we've killed. Yeah, you, you, you used up one of them, but you still have one left—a rotting old eye stock that you took off. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, it doesn't have to be in good condition. That's fine. Yeah, so Strix will run up and and get it and. And she'll hold it like in her hand, just like oozing, like just rotting goop. Going I, I, I look at the. It, but before you take it, she's gonna be like, "What are these keys for?" Well, honestly, the it's kind of the less you know, the better. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I I am visibly distressed and fumbling over my words and very nervous and. I try to reach out and take the eye stock. No, no. What do you want the keys for? The more we know, the better we can protect you. Oh, my dear, it is actually you who I am trying to protect. Um, Excuse me? I know magic! Which you couldn't use two minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) She's so mad. She's so mad she rips the eye stock in half and throws it on the ground. You said you had stops off. I I call after her. You you said you had no keys for you. I'm with Strix on this one. Why do you need these peculiar items so badly, and why did you require us to get them for you? I mean, I'm happy to pay my debts, but you have to understand this all seems so suspicious. During all this, Balton like tries to fire the gun to see how it works. Okay, uh, so there's a little pouch of, or a little like packet of the black powder that you've seen explode from time to, at least once. So, um, but I'm going to have you make an intelligence arcana check. Okay. Uh, wow, that's not good. Uh, ooh, dirty twenty. Okay. Good news is you don't blow your face off. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you sort of figure out that you can use the smoke powder and one of these tiny little pellets that he's got in a pouch together with this thing by stuffing the pellet into the neck of the weapon and then filling up this compartment with smoke powder and then kind of lighting a fuse with a a flick of a flint wheel, you might be able to get a shot off. Are you aiming at anything in particular just up up toward the ceiling? I'm just kind of toward the ceiling. I'm like, is this how this... It it lets out a thunderous crack uh, that can be heard all throughout the house. Trix thinks that uh, she's getting shot, so she just throws herself to the ground and screams. Paulton does this. He just like, uh, where do we keep that powder? <laughs> he like jumps a little bit at this as he's trying to have this important conversation with Esmele. Esmele didn't even move, not even flinch. It like shot right behind her, and she's just like. That's okay. Yeah. I can find it. We're, we're going to have to wrap this session up in a couple minutes. Okay. So, yeah. so, uh, so I grab you and I pull you to the side. I'm like, yeah. listen, I, it, it wasn't that I was uh, seeking you guys out or that I was uh, trying to have you guys do it for anything. 
bad mischievous terms. It's just honestly, I've heard how great adventurers you are, and I just have a soft spot for adventurers, and I needed help, and I didn't know who else to turn to. So when you came calling to my house, it just, and then I came here, and then you got the hand, and you got a beholder right there. It just seemed serendipitous. Uh, but the the keys are for a vault. I, I have a stone that I have acquired, and I am trying to get in this vault. I She looks around quickly and leans in. You have been to my manor. You've yes. seen the state of things. Yeah. And my family is very important to me. And we have had a bit of a checkered past, which we are trying to move on from, but it is very hard for our family, for our title, to recover from this. I have... I, I am just trying to make sure that my family is okay and try to bring us back to the glory that we once knew. Unfortunately, I cannot do it alone. And I am... I am begging you. She, she chokes on those words a little bit. Asking you, begging you, if you will... Please help me convince that delightful little monster girl to give me another eye stop, please. First off, she's not a monster. Second, if you want to open up this vault, I need help too. And if I know the same vault that you're talking about, I think there's plenty to go around. I am more than happy to give you your share. You have already helped me here with the drow. I, I, whereas I did soften them up for you, I don't know if I could have handled all three of them myself. All right. Well, if you seek, if you truly seek to get yourselves and your family and your reputation onto the right path, I will assist with that as I too need to repay my debts. You have seen firsthand the state of our affairs and they are they're not good, and they have been like that for a long time. Yeah, and we'll need to have a conversation about the that state of affairs, because I have still have so many questions. <laughs> That's where we'll stop. <laughs> All right, so this... You get the doll! How did it burn? <laughs> ah! All right, so the next time you see us, we will be on the glitch stage at TwitchCon for our live game. And it will be a continuation of this story and more. Surprises galore, guests Hell galore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Vivid Vivka returning to join us with the rest of us in costume. Hi, uh, With uh, three other special guests, Malik Forte, mm-hmm. uh, WWE superstar Xavier Woods, and Felicia Day. Woo! And also, don't, wacky. don't forget... Paulton has a gun. And Paulton has a gun. <laughs> also, Drix can mend the eye stock. She'll mend it. Oh, okay. All right, so the eye stock is mended. Excellent. Yeah. I, I saw that you mended the lock before. I knew that it was a possibility, but... I'm... <laughs> She's just having a bad day. Oh, <laughs> Story you of her life. Put me in my place. Story of her life. All right, any announcements uh, beyond TwitchCon anybody wants to share before we part company for the week and see each other uh, on Sunday? No? 
if, if anyone is going to TwitchCon, I just want to say that uh, I'm going to be hanging out at the booth, at the Dungeons and Dragons booth, quite a bit in my Black Viper costume. So if anybody wanted to come by and see before uh, the actual yes. game and uh, talk, talk costumes and talk D&D &D and everything, come on by the uh, Dungeons and Dragons booth. So wait, is, this, is the Black Viper the same character that... I don't know. I guess. I'm about cosplay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe uh, she's playing two characters. Maybe she's not. We'll find out. Oh, no. Do you only have one character? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, no. She's, she's, that sounds like mean. <laughs> <laughs> there will be plenty of surprises, I assure you. That, that was it. All right. So, uh, <laughs> and there's going to be a, like, you're going to be doing some costume stuff too at TwitchCon, right, Holly? Uh, yeah, there's a cosplay panel. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm on it with you. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I believe that's on Saturday. I and, uh, think it's Friday. Oh, Friday, yeah, all right. Yeah. Check the schedule. Yeah, check the schedule. Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, I'll be on that as well as our uh, DCA game uh, Sunday night. So. Woot. All right, uh, then if there are no other announcements. Uh, I got nothing. All right. Then we're going to call it a week, folks, and thank you for joining us for this super session. Thank you, Vivid Vivka, for playing Esvalet and joining our uh, raucous group. Um, for what? The... I, I was not prepared. What a ruckus. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> First, first subreddit. <laughs> and we'll see y'all, uh, if not at TwitchCon, you'll hopefully be watching us on Sunday afternoon, 2.30 p.m. PT start time, and... Uh, then after that, it's Halloween. So, scary stuff. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.